as uh, usual, the first Sunday of every month, we introduce the topic for that month. So our topic this month, or our theme for this month, is simply fear not. That's all there is to it. Tell your neighbor, fear not. Our golden text is from 2 Timothy 1, verse 1 to verse 8. And today, I want to talk under the subtitle, Facing Fear and Finding Freedom. Facing Fear and Finding Freedom. 2 Timothy 1, 1 to 8, I read in the New English Translation. And I'm reading. From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to further the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm thankful to God whom I served with a clear conscience as my ancestors did when I remember you in my prayers as I do constantly night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that was alive first in your grandmother, Louis, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm sure is in you. Because of this, I remind you to rekindle God's gift that you possess. Tell your neighbor, rekindle God's gift that you possess. Tell them again, stir up the gift that comes from God that's inside of you. He says, rekindle the gift that you possess through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear. Tell your neighbor, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Tell your other neighbor, God didn't give you a spirit of fear. I love what it says. It says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Wow. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, a prisoner for his sake. But by God's power, accept your share of suffering for the gospel. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I love that verse that we're using. We're going to use that as our golden text because there are so many things in that, those particular verses that I believe are very important to us. Paul is writing a letter to his son, Timothy. We do know that Timothy was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Timothy was a young man who had gone into ministry through God's calling. Paul was always encouraging this young man who seemed to be very, very timid in his life. He's a young man who was filled with fear and Paul says to him, man, don't let anyone despise your youth. You know, be an example. You know, in lifestyle, in faith and, and do all that. And Timothy, though he was a, somebody whom God had called, he allowed fear to, to, to sort of uh, imprison him. And so he couldn't give full expression to his calling. And Paul, again and again, he would encourage this young man. He says, be endure hardness as a good soldier. He, he then in this scripture says, you know what, uh, Timothy, you, you've got what it takes. The, the, the impartation and the gift of God is inside of you. There was an impartation that came in your life when hands were laid upon you. You are the right person for the job. You are the right person in the right place. So why are you afraid to lead? I mean, after all, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. But God has given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of a sound mind. Timothy, like so many people, had what it took to run the church. But he allowed himself to be full of fear. So many people allow fear 
to paralyze what God wants to do through them. And the Bible clearly says, if you see fear anywhere, there can be one thing that's for sure, it doesn't come from God. Anywhere where fear comes, it doesn't come from God. But the truth is this, fear has been a part of human existence since the fall of man. We read in Genesis chapter 3 from verse 8 about Adam and Eve after they had done what God told them not to do. Verse 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And note, it says, And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees. Fear causes people to hide themselves. So many people have what it takes, but they are in hiding. The world is waiting to see the real you. The world is waiting to receive the gifts and the talents that God has placed in your life. The world is waiting for you to lead. The world is waiting for you to take the step. But there are so many people who are hiding in fear. They will not take any step. They will not try anything. They will not venture out into anything because fear has held these people captive. So here they are, they are hiding. It says, and the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where are you? Let me submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, when God asked the question to Adam and Eve and said, where are you? It was not a question of location. God knew where they were. God wasn't confused as to where they were. God is everywhere. God sees everywhere. Doesn't matter how far you go. The psalmist says, God, it doesn't matter where I go, you are there. As a matter of fact, before I get there, you are even there. He says, even if I can go into the depths of the earth, into hell itself, you are there. So when you hide, God is not confused as to your whereabouts. And so when he's asking the question, it's not because he needs to know the answer. He's asking the question to get you to understand that you know what my child, you know what my son, you know what my daughter, you are out of your position. Fear will cause us to be out of our placement, out of our position, out of our calling, out of our assignment. Adam and Eve, where are you? Yours is not to be hiding. Yours is to be doing what I assigned you to do in the Garden of Eden. But fear will cause us to hide. Not what they said. Says God, God says to them, where are you? And they said, Adam says, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid. Because I was naked, I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree where I commanded you not to eat? So fear will cause us to be out of place in terms of what God wants to do in our lives. So many people, God wants to see your life go further. So many people, God wants to see you starting a business, finishing at school. Yeah? Some of you guys, God wants to see you, that lady sitting next to you. <clears throat> God wants to see you. I thank God for the anointing in this section here. I saw some people, God bless you, I see you took the steps. Yaba, yaba, yaba. Yeah. But some of you are still praying even now. Hey. You are still praying even now. Is the third one that you are praying for. They came and took them. When you are praying, they took them. Hey, what a shock. But you know, fear is the reality. The truth is this, ladies and gentlemen, all of us, we know what fear is. All of us have been afraid at some point. 
We cannot say we never get become afraid. We all have things that we are afraid of. All of us. Well, there's good fear and there's bad fear. The good fear is the fear that will save your life. If you see a car coming towards you at 100 kilometers per hour, you better be afraid. Because that car is just not going to be good to you and nice to you. It's good to be afraid to jump off a 16-story building and to feel some fear and not jump off that building without any safety. That's a good kind of fear. But you know, there's other kinds of fear that cannot be justified. Even when the Bible says we must fear God, it's not a fear like God's going to bring harm to us. It's a fear of reverence and honor. Because God's not a destroyer. God's not a killer. God is not a thief. God's not going to snuff up your life. But all of us, we know fear. And we have all kinds of fear. Storms come in our lives and we become afraid. Some people are afraid of darkness. Some people are afraid of storms. Some people are afraid of heights. Airplanes, cats. Sometimes we have a failure to, to, we are afraid to fail so people never start because of it. Sometimes people have fear of rejection. It makes us afraid to do anything. Even in the Bible, we see people who were afraid. In Genesis 12, verse 11, we read about Abraham. Abraham, when he went to Egypt, he was afraid that the king, if the king was to see his wife, how beautiful she was, the king was going to kill him and take his wife for his heroine. And so what does Abraham do? Abraham lies and says Sarai is his sister and not his wife. He was afraid. So the guy lied. In Genesis 32, we see how Jacob displayed fear of Esau. He was afraid of Esau. Sometimes you are afraid of people. Oh, you know, and that brings jealousy. Because you are afraid so and so will do better than us. So and so will beat us to it. Our mom and our dad will love so-and-so more than us. They do more at school. They are a better business person. So we become jealous. In Exodus 2, Moses was afraid of Pharaoh. And God says, even the guy you are afraid of, I'm going to send you to him. Isn't that just like God? He sends you to the barking dog. Even when you are afraid of it, God says, go for it. I haven't given you a spirit of fear. Moses, when God told him, go to the elders of Israel in Exodus chapter 4 verse 1, he said, well, they will not receive me. Moses feared rejection. Even the disciples of Christ in Matthew chapter 8, they were afraid of the storm. Timothy was afraid as a leader. He couldn't fully do what he's supposed to do as a leader. In spite of the fact that he was anointed, he was afraid to discharge his duties as a pastor. You know, you can be a pastor of a church and be afraid to preach when certain people are in the congregation. Because you are afraid of them. Yeah. You can lead a church and be afraid to make certain decisions because there's some elder or some deacon. Who is the pillar of the church? You know, the pillar of the church, the hardest, doniest bunch you've ever met. You can be afraid. You can be a parent and be afraid of your children. You can be a teacher and be afraid of your learners. Am I talking to people who are alive in this place? But you see, fear prisons who God has made you. Very interesting. Medical science has discovered that there are about top 100 fears. 
They call them phobias. Top 100, there's many. Top 100. Actually, I googled these phobias and I thought I was going to write all of them and I was shocked I couldn't. There are so many of them, they have even been grouped in alphabetical order. And the interesting thing is this, you see, when it comes to a phobia, you see, fear what it does and it, it, it paralyzes you. To the person who is riddled with that fear, they live in a make-believe world and they become... They become immobilized because of a perceived reality. Really what they are afraid of is not true. See, because a phobia is simply described as a persistent, abnormal or irrational fear. Persistent, abnormal and irrational fear of a certain thing or a group of things. See, the word abnormal is the operative word there because there's something that's normal. If you're afraid of a car that's coming towards you at 100 kilometers per hour, that's normal. But there's other fears. These phobias. There are so many phobias. And some of them you may find very funny and even trivial, but they are real. To the people who have these phobias, they are real. Let me read you some of the phobias that I didn't know about and I found them quite interesting. There are people who have this phobia called agoraphobia. Agoraphobia. How many of you are sitting next to agoraphobia? <laughs> Somebody with agoraphobia. This is the fear of being alone. The fear of being in public spaces or open spaces. There are people who have agoraphobia. They'll never want to go into public spaces. Another phobia. Social phobia. That's self-explanatory. This is the fear of embarrassment in social situations. So when you're among people, you're not going to do anything because you don't want to be embarrassed yourself. Well, when you see a group of people, you kind of hide in your corner there. And uh, yeah, some people I can see from the way they're laughing, they have a revelation, so I won't explain anymore. What about xanthophobia? Xanthophobia. This is the fear of the color yellow. Yeah. Xanthophobia. You'll never favor Kaiser Chiefs. What a shock. You can't do color blogging with yellow. It's a fear of color yellow or the word yellow. When they will mention yellow. I hope there's nobody out there with xanthophobia now that I just said yellow. That's why I don't wear yellow because, anyhow, let's leave that one alone. How about this one? Prosophobia. Prosophobia is the fear of progress. <laughs> Can you imagine being afraid to, to progress? You know, when I, when I read this, I was talking to Pastor Dick. You saw him a short while on a, on a DVD there. Uh, we were actually talking about this. Olden days, our age group and people who are older will remember this in the township. You know? We grew up in a time when you never wanted to go with something that's brand new to your friends because of prosophobia. <laughs> because you know, somehow when you went with something new, people would be jealous of you. So what we would do is if you bought something new, you had to wash it first. <laughs> yeah. Even with shoes, when they're brand new, you don't wear them. You wear them at home. 
So that the day you wear them, yeah, yeah, also when you wear yeah, 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 yeah. How many of you know prosophobia? May God deliver you from prosophobia, those who raised your hands. <laughs> How about this one? Pogonophobia. In the first session, I said pogophobia, it's pogonophobia. <laughs> uh, you love this one. This is the fear of beards. How many of you are sitting next to somebody with beards? Can you pray for them and say, Puma, Pogonophobia, Puma. <laughs> you know, I see these days it's really fashionable to have beards, you know. And I thought, you know, I want to check if wifey doesn't have Pogonophobia, I'm going to grow some. <laughs> she doesn't. Imagine the fear of beards. Can you imagine? Hey, you see, you know, we laugh about it. But I see to the people who have these fears, it's real. It's a real fear. What about this one? And this is for the couples who are getting married here. This is, let me give you another phobia. <laughs> Magerocophobia phobia <laughs> or magerocophobia is the fear of cooking. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Some of you can bring your prayer items and say, Pastor, my wife has magerocophobia. <laughs> what about this one? Ablutophobia. Hey, this is big English. <laughs> Ablutophobia. You know what that is? The fear of bathing. I won't ask. I won't ask who has that phobia in this auditorium. The fear of washing or cleaning. <laughs> Next time, when you have somebody in your home who doesn't want to wash, you must say, Well, now, on a lot of But you know what's the sad thing? Is that fear brings torment. No matter for how short a period you are afraid, for that brief period indeed, the torment. See, 1 John chapter 4 verse 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Note, because fear has torment. See, fear has torment. And unfortunately, Sometimes as human beings, we have a tendency to want to think about things and life in a negative way. Have you ever heard somebody say, I want to see you in the next two weeks? And then you say, why do you want to see me? They say, no, 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 I'll tell you when we meet. There you go. There you go. I mean, for those two weeks leading up to that time, I tell you, the torment. Have you ever heard your boss at work saying, uh, you know, Day after tomorrow, I have a very important, I need a meeting with you. It's very important that you see me. And then they left it at that point. Yeah. I know, you didn't sleep at night, ne? For two days, you didn't sleep. And every time you see your boss passing you, your heart almost stops. 
And then when you finally meet them, they say, no, 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 we have this new company that want to invest more into our company. You go, ah, ah, ah. But you know, but, but for those two days, my goodness. But you see, fear has torment. And if you don't remember anything from this teaching, I ask you to remember this. Fear does not come from God. And every time when fear comes in your life, it's a manifestation of what Satan wants to do through the kingdom of darkness. Fear is a master spirit. It is what Satan uses to rule God's people and keep us from coming under the leadership of the true master, which is Jesus Christ. See, we should be under the leadership of Jesus and not be walking in fear. The sad thing about fear is that nobody was born full of fear. That's the sad thing. Fear is a learned behavior. Yeah. Think about it. You watch these kids, these toddlers, they, they walk towards everything. Yeah, you see them trying to get up, get up these steps here. These stairs here. And some stepophobia, somebody, adult, <laughs> will come and say, Nana hai. Nana hai And Nana is trying to get up on this, you know, and they're not going to hurt themselves. They're just trying to, they're just exploring. Nana sees the dog and they walk towards the dog. Huh? And some dogophobia, adult. <laughs> I'm just creating the phobias, isn't that nice? I'm just creating the phobias, just dogophobia. Some dogophobia adults runs to the church and says, nah, nah, eh, eh. You know? You know? We're the ones who teach children not to get into water because we can't swim. <laughs> Come on now. Children are not afraid of anything. We're the ones who teach them about ho-ho. <laughs> yeah. We ho-horize everything. Yeah. You, you, bring, you bring the kids into a dark room. Switch the lights off, make funny noises, get the child to cry. And they say, ho, ho. And then, then the children become afraid of the dark. And then, you know, there's nothing wrong with the dark. I know some of you, you can never be in a room by yourself and switch the lights off in the dark. I know you can't be. Why? Because you were ho, ho ever since you were young. I'm telling you, we are the ones who teach our children. And I want to advise those of you who are young couples, let your children explore. Leave them. Don't pass your fears to your children. Yes. Yeah, please, I need that hand. I need it. Give me. That's the way. But you know, people, people, we teach children to be afraid. We're afraid to try. We're afraid to enterprise. Huh? You know, at home, I was telling them in the first service, at home, I was the first one to get an international passport from my home. First one. I went and I got it. And at a time when it was rumored around that you can't get an international passport. And you know what I found out? There's a lot of things that are said. Huh? Township Mgozi. Township Mamkopos. And, and many of those things, there's no truth in them. No truth. Certain places they tell you not to go there. There's a certain house in our street when we grew up. This house, there was a tree in front of the house. We were told if you go around the tree this way, you're going to turn into a tokoloshi. You know, I'm telling you. And we would come to the house and we would never go this way. We always go this way. And we grew up believing that. So many people believe stuff. I've been amazed as people have joined our church. Some of them, many of them have come to talk to me. And they said, you know, we, we, when, when we first came here, we sat there at the back 
And we were looking for these negative things that everybody had told us about you. And then we discovered oh, almost is not true. There's somebody who doesn't live very far from here. I won't be very specific. But I remember talking to this gentleman. And I was so blessed one day. You know, we were, we were going to do some outreach program. We were in the same car. Or, uh, we were going to do uh, a, an outreach in a prison. So, we were talking, so he was telling me, he said, so what happened? He says, no, yes, yes, he's king. I want in the life in the king. I want in king. I problem. Hey, it's a man king. I problem. Is and I want to go to the other So I asked him, where my figure? What about you? I shall move. I'm up. I'm still moving. Now, men are full of Oh, and then you know his his I think it was his daughter or something. If I speak under correction, who first came here? He says, I want to make change. I was brought there by my daughter because I saw this child change. attitude. But you know, there are so many lies out there. But you know, the same thing is, even if it's a lie, it imprisons so many people. It's not based on any truth. It's not based on any fact. But to the person who's embraced it, it is a fact. And it dictates how they live their life. It dictates the decisions they make. So many people are left out of good things simply because they had something that wasn't true. And that's what fear does to us. Prisons people. People will not travel the world. The first time I started traveling, you know, I was so afraid. Because you see, if you've never traveled, you know, you, you're so afraid, you know, you feel like you, you are not sure. But then as I was afraid, I thought, you know, I've seen many people travel and they came back to South Africa in one piece. <laughs> How many of you have realized that? Eh? And I thought, I'm in numbing Zobuya in one piece. But some of you, you don't even have a passport. Yeah, look at your neighbor and says, Pasporphobia. <laughs> huh? No licenses. Coloiphobia. <laughs> huh? It's I was telling them in the first service that you ladies, you better start learning how to change a tire. God deliver you from tire phobia. Because if you're driving that car, my darling, one day ne, you're going to get a puncture. I prophesy. Yeah, you don't. You see, you, you see, the tire phobia makes you to say ah. Yeah. But you see, when you're afraid of something, you'll never try. You'll never attempt. You'll always tell people you can't. Your first response will be, "I'm not the right person." Your first reaction will be to walk away and run away from it. But I'm here to tell you, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Yeah. Multi 
ages of people, they never fulfill the call of God in their life. Simply because every time they try to go forward, the devil uses fear to stop you. And he brings torment. I want to encourage you today to take an inventory in the fear department. What is it that you are afraid of? Are there any areas in your life that have stifled you because of fear? And fear comes to us at various times. It's a major weapon. Watch this now. Now that fear is learned, fear can also be unlearned. Yeah. And really, the opposite of fear is faith. The opposite of faith is not just doubt, but the opposite of faith is fear. All of us need to teach ourselves how not to be afraid. Note what David says in Psalms 56 verse 3. Just portions of it. Note what he says. He says, what time I'm afraid, I will trust you. Somebody say, I will trust you. He says, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in you. What is he saying? David is saying, when fear is trying to get a hold of me and grip me, I'm not going to focus on it. I'm going to turn my attention on you. Because all of us, you will feel fear. You will feel it. It will come. Your heart will pound. You will have a little bit of siezi. Yeah. Your knees will have fellowship with one another. When that happens, don't freeze and stop. Just continue and do what God told you to do. First time I stood before an audience to come and make a presentation, I tell you it was bad. It's better now. It's still challenging. Mara, it's much better. My goodness. My knees were fellowshipping. My heart was pounding. The room was spinning. Everything. That's why I learned to write everything. You see, you see even now I write everything out. Just in case. Just in case. If, if, if anything comes and I just start reading out, it's easier. You just read out, read out, read out. But you know, there are some people who are not afraid to stand in front of people. I've watched several of them. You know, they are very spontaneous. You know, they are called up and they come up and they give a lovely speech. No notes. No notes. They are just talking and they are just flowing. Hey! Mara, some of us, you must agonize for months writing and rewriting and changing. What are you doing? You are trying to manage this fear stuff. You are trying to deal with it. That I'm not going to not go and stand in front of people and talk. I'm going to go there in spite of what my body tells me. Because I've got to teach this head. And I've got to teach these knees. And I've got to teach this heart to just shut up. And let me do the will of God in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You need to do that. You need to do that. David says, I will trust in you. See, we can say when God leads us one step after another into an area to do something new. When God leads us into bigger commitments, when God leads us into new things, fear may try to intimidate us. But if you know God has told you, if you know it's the will of God, put your trust in God and move forward. Can I hear an amen, Bazalan? When God wants you to move to bigger things. Here we are, we are building churches now. 
I mean, now we have to have a bigger budget. More is at stake. We need to now be building not far from the, uh, the Africa Mall, go, what you call, mid-rent. We have, a, we have a site there next to the, I always forget the place, King. Waterfall Estate. We have a site there next to Waterfall Estate. And you know the people that they build, eh? Chineke, they build. We, we cannot just go there and not build, eh? We must build, eh? Mara, that build, eh? It's expensive, eh? And so, you know, sometimes people kind of think, no, things are better for you because, let me tell you, Basalam, the more you move on in life, the more you progress in life, the bigger the challenges are there. I'm telling you. So you better learn now, wherever you are, learn now at that point. Never think that things will get better for you. In life, things don't get better. The more you move on, the more you progress in life, the more you do more, the more God assigns you, the more you grow, the bigger the assignment. Your faith level must grow bigger, your budget grows bigger, your problems get bigger, but even in the same way, your faith in God grows bigger. Yeah. So whatever level you are at, manage your stuff at your level. Start now. Don't wait for tomorrow. Start now, where you are, manage it right now. If you are afraid to write the exam, as a matriculant, exomophobia. <laughs> manage that fear, challenge that fear. Say it with me, God has not given me a spirit of fear. Say it again, God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. You see, fear will cut us off in moving forward. Therefore, face fear and move forward anyhow. <laughs> face fear and move forward anyhow. Some of you have, you have applied for new jobs and you are afraid that you are not going to be shortlisted. Or they've shortlisted you. You are afraid that they won't choose you. Or they have now chosen you. You are among the three that they have chosen. You are now afraid that you are not going to be chosen of them. So at whatever level. Whatever level. So what fear does, it makes you paint a picture of defeat. Of things going south. Even before you get there. There are people who will never even try anything. You won't even talk to her. She's sitting next to you now. You won't even say anything. Because you are afraid she's going to say no. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Chazaphobia. Look at you. Amen. <laughs> I see some of you guys don't want to love because you know we must pray for deliverance. Puma chazaphobia. Puma. Hey. Look at Isaiah 41 verse 10. I love it. Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, fear thou not. Can I have it in the New American Standard Bible, please? I want it in another language. I love it in this one, but give me the New American Standard Bible. I think it will read different or the New English translation, whatever you have. Let's have it up on the screen. New American Standard Bible. Or whatever you have. Okay. Note what it says. Read with me. Earring. What does it say? Do not, do not what? Do, not do you think God can tell you to do something that you're incapable of doing? 
Hmm? God's not unfair. Do not fear. In other words, God knows that you have the ability not to be afraid. But he gives us a reason. He says, do not fear. Read the rest of it. For. Say it again. Say it again. Do you understand what that means? When God is with you. When God is, God says I'm with you. Why don't you be afraid? I gave you that example the other week. You know, of this guy who used to pick on me all the time. When I went to school, you know, in primary school. He always pick on me. Beating me up. Taking my money. Taking my food. Beating me up. How? <laughs> so one day, you know, and I, I, I used to go through some houses, you know, Ribiza double up. I don't know what you call it in English. No, that, that's so way to English. There's types of English. I used to take the shortcut double up. And I never know why. You know, I think about it even now. You know, I just never know why I never changed the... I don't know why I didn't use a different route. I used the same route. Hey! And I knew what was coming. Anytime I walked into the yard, fear started. Even before the guy came. By the time he came, he I mean, okay. So one day here he is, he's talking to me and I'm looking at him, you know. I was moving this way, I hear this voice calling me, so I turn. And he's coming towards me and he's saying all these nasty things. And I'm already ready to give him whatever. I'm really afraid. I'm looking at him. You know, this guy was, he was tall, he was older than me and I'm looking at him. And then all of a sudden I noticed his expression started changing. And then there was fear in his eyes. And I noticed he's not looking at me, he's looking past me. <laughs> but then I heard footsteps. When I turned, my daddy was there. Oh. Hey. I step back and I say, yeah, Roma. <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> but you know, but, but you know what, what, what gave me the strength is because my daddy is with me. No, you don't hear what I'm saying. I'm saying God is with you. And if God be for you, who can stand against you? If God is on your side, what is it that can defeat you? So many of us are afraid because we are not aware that God said, I'll be with you. We are not aware God said, I'll never leave you. We are not aware he said, I'll never forsake you. God said, if you go into the fire, I'll go there with you. If you go into the waters, I'll go there with you. I'll never let your foot dash yourself against the stone. I'll be with you. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll be with you. Fear not because God is with you. God is with you. Yeah. We're not depending on ourselves. We're depending on God. God says, do not fear. He doesn't say, I will be with you. He says, I am with you. 
Yeah. And God being God, he doesn't leave, he doesn't forsake, he doesn't get angry, he doesn't have a bad day, he is with you 365 and a quarter days. He's with you in challenging times, in good times, in bad times. He's with you in the morning, in the night, he's with you during the day. He's with you in Africa, in America, in Australia. He's with you when you're young, when you're old. He's with you whether you're male or female, black, white, yellow, whatever color. He's with you when you feel good, when you don't feel good. He's with you when you feel him when you don't feel him he's with you he said i'll be with you god is with you all the time god is with you all the time he says fear not fear not i am with you not what he says he says do not anxiously look about you if I'm with you, it doesn't matter who is coming out against you. It makes no difference. My heavenly daddy is with me. He says, for I am your God. He says, I'm your God. I'm not anybody else's God. I am your God. I am on your side. I am your God. I am your daddy. He says, I will strengthen you. Tell your neighbor, he will strengthen you. Tell your other neighbor, he will strengthen you. Not what he says, he says, surely, 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 I will uphold you. In other words, I will keep you from falling. You may stumble, but you'll never fall because I will uphold you. Woo! I will uphold you. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not. I said, fear not. Tell three people, fear not. 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 God wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. Satan wants you to walk by fear and walk by sight. Because fear is a tool he uses to make us miserable, destroy our lives. He plants thoughts in our minds. No wonder the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians to cast down imaginations. We'll talk about that in the weeks to come. But it begins as a thought in your mind and it creates an emotion that can rule us. It then becomes as you think on it and pay attention to it, it becomes a strong, intense feeling that tries to move us to make foolish actions and tries to prevent us from doing something that we would be good at. Timothy, you are anointed. Timothy, you have the gift of God. Timothy, hands were laid on you. God imparted in you. But you are allowing yourself to be in hiding, Timothy. Timothy, you are hiding. We cannot discover who you are. Timothy, the world is waiting for you. I'm talking to this Timothy. I'm talking to this Timothy. The world is waiting for you, Timothy. The world is waiting for you because God has deposited a wealth of gifts, abilities, talent, strengths vision in your life but fear will keep it all chained in a prison but my goodness your day and my day has come God hasn't given me a spirit of fear hallelujah and today you make up your mind 
Whatever phobia I have, I'm going to confront it. Can I hear an amen? Whatever phobia I have, I'm going to confront it. I've learned, and I wouldn't say I don't have challenges in certain areas, but I've learned. See, when we build this church, I tell you the phobia. Huh? It was even worse when the city press published the story. Double-page story in the city press. Huge story. I still have the newspaper. Church in the township has a vision to build a church for 23 million. How at all? When I read the article, I said, Habe. Just what? Fear was trying to. Now I said, Never. I walk by faith and not by sight. Fear said, Well, people in the township never build churches like that. I said, But people in the township who have Christ in them, they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. And I tell you, it just took one building to change somebody's set point. The minute this was done and this was finished, it opened a door for so many possibilities. And it pushes you to another level of faith. I see somebody here being pushed to another level of faith. Another level of operation. Another level of believing. Another level of doing things. Oh, the world hasn't seen what God has in store for you. I see you rise up in the power of God and do what has never been done before. Oh, I see some of you in your families do what your family said could never be done before. I see you being the first one to do it. I see you being the pioneer. I see you being the trailblazer. I see you being the one who will walk where others are afraid to walk because you say, fear not. What makes all the difference is the Christ in our lives. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And whatever it is you've been afraid of, make up your mind today. I'm not going to live in a prison of fear. In Jesus' name. Raise your hands to the Lord. Just raise your voice and begin to pray and thank the Lord for his word. Thank him for his word. Talk to God about your life. Thank him for his word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a light to my path. Ah, oh, we will not walk in fear. Mama Mama